Project Management Insights, providing project managers with professional development in the interpersonal skills areas of leadership, team building and communication. Welcome to today's episode of Project Management Insight. On this episode, uh, I have been speaking with Jason Scott. Now, Jason is a project management uh, practitioner, a consultant, and also the author of a book, It's Never Just Business, It's About People. We have uh, we connected uh, in relation to Jason's book, but what I found in speaking with Jason when we first met was that we have the same views on the fact that most of what we do comes from the wrong focus, especially in project management, where our focus should be on people and not the actual formal process of project management itself. So in this conversation with Jason, first of all, we have a conversation about leadership. And I really like Jason's approach and the way that he views leadership and how it works. So let's dive into my conversation with Jason about leadership. Well, first, I think that leadership is a choice as to pose as opposed to a position um and positions kind of come with authority even though that's a bit of an illusion um so it's assumed that executives and managers have authority and authority really is um forcing your opinion or your will on other people and so as an executive or a manager you can use authority to drive outcomes or you can choose to inspire outcomes by using your leadership skill. And, and so leadership really is about helping your team members self-actuate a roadmap to a shared goal. Um, studies have proven that humans almost always believe what they say or think, but distrust what other people say or think. Mm -hmm. And so when an individual comes up with their own approach to solving a shared goal, they're much more likely to get the results. The other thing also is if as a leader, you're working with your team of 12 to have them all self-actuate their own roadmap to a shared goal, um, you're, you're really engaging their brains or their IQ. And so a leader's team is going to be much smarter than a boss's team or an authority's team. So when a single person is dictating the approach or dictating the outcomes um, and the team is just executing, that, that team might make progress, it'll be slow, but innovation really isn't possible when an engine's only running on a single cylinder. Whereas team, the, the other team of 10, it's got a leader at the helm, literally everyone's thinking, you're, you're really cultivating the collective IQ and that's where things can move fast, right? The solutions are smarter, innovation is possible. Um, so again, back to a manager or an executive, they, they have authority and can use authority, but the second they do that, they're not leading. Get it. And, and I love the way that you spoke about use, utilizing the existing skills of the team, but how do we get out of our own way? Because often as a project manager, we think we need to be that authority, the one that's got control it's a good word that goes with project management, control. We've got control over everything. And so how do we get out of our way of needing to control and allow the team to utilise their own skills and lead the team? 
when we're talking about project management? Okay, so first I think that control is an illusion. So I, I get thinking you need to control, that's, that's self-preserving. Uh-huh. Um, but the truth is, can you point to any situation where you were in the position to help the team achieve where you were really in control? I mean, do people really just always take orders and do what they're told? Not even in the military, like I'm ex-Navy and that, that, that was pretty efficient and I get the reason for it in the mm-hmm. military. Uh, but in civilian life, you know, you know people, they're really, they're, they're independent and, and therefore we're not really in control. But back to what I call the leadership conundrum. Mm-hmm. So the leadership conundrum is that you know that if you, if you allow, if you ask others or you do this thing that we call delegate, ask others to come up with a solution, ask others to do something that you're ultimately responsible for, what you're, what you're doing is allowing them to learn, aka make mistakes yep. and you know, in a leadership setting, as long as there's, they're not apathetic, mistakes are progress, right? But those mistakes could have impact on you. So the conundrum is, if I do it myself, I know that it'll, it'll get done. I know then that I'll be successful, but it doesn't scale, right? Like I said, you're the boss and you can make slow progress, mm-hmm. um, and, but no innovation is possible. So back to the conundrum, it, it, it's not just a willingness to ask others to be responsible for, take ownership of this thing that ultimately affects you, right? But it's, will they consider that in their approach to getting these things done? Meaning that if they do, don't get it done or they make a mistake, are they going to keep in mind that, that there's impact to the rest of the team and there's impact to you? Ultimately, the only way to overcome that is to do it. And, and that is that you know that you have to make quick progress in today's economy. Um, you have to enable your teams and you have to trust. Now, trust. that's the leap, right? You have to trust others. Yep. So. Yep cultivate that first i mean first cultivate the trust amongst your team right so there's there's a couple of skills i think that go into doing this because it's it's one thing to to ask leaders to take this leap of faith and 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 we have been asked i mean for the 20 years that i've been in corporate america or been in in leadership you know it, we've all been told that we need to do this that we need to delegate that we need to trust our teams um and so what happens is i see so many new managers make this leap and then get burned and they go back to just being a boss and ultimately it's because they've been asked to make this leap they've been told that it, it why it makes sense they get it intellectually that it makes sense because they need to scale right they have a team why not leverage that team we all want to trust we want to trust, but it's a scary world. So they make the leap without ever having the skills to cultivate good commitments, to facilitate that roadmap to a shared goal, to help people be accountable from the beginning, as opposed to judging and admonishing them after the fact. And that's really what the book, It's Never Just Business, It's About People, is about, is, is to connect these managers or even these executives that have been around a long time doing this command and control thing that need to be better that need to be competitive in an amazon economy um to 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 connect them with these skills it's a how-to book so they can make that leap and succeed as opposed to make that leap and only have their trust uh destroyed and go back to being a boss because i mean it, it that's really what we're talking about is you really have to be able to trust others but it, it doesn't just happen, right? You, you have to 
set, cultivate the trust. You, you have to set your team up to succeed. And there's very specific techniques that can be employed to do that. Absolutely. And and one of the things that just come to mind for me when I'm listening to you is a situation that I had where we had a, a, a quite an issue on a project that I was managing. And I think one of the things that I've realized was I didn't have the knowledge. Knowledge is important. I didn't have the knowledge to fix the problem. And so what I did was got a group of knowledge holders five or six of them in a room with a whiteboard. And what I did as the project manager was said, look, this is the situation and drew out the issue that we had on a whiteboard, you know, actually scaled it out and, and, and you know, connected dots and whatever. This is the problem we've got. How can you, this was my question, how can you help me solve this? Now, we had, you know, the technical guys, guys that have worked on the old legacy systems for years. We had the team, people from the, the new development team. We had guys that were in the data management. So all of the different knowledge holders for the different aspects of what we were looking at in terms of this whole issue. And what I noticed is exactly what you were talking about because with that multiple group of heads together, somebody would say, well, we need to look at da, 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 this particular thing. And somebody else would say, oh, but we'd have an issue with that because, right? And so, but there was a brainstorming of all of the knowledge and information in the room at that time. And I got out of the way of saying, well, this is something that I need to fix, not my problem. It wasn't my problem as in, yes, it was part of my project and these other people had the collective knowledge and skills to be able to solve this problem if I got out of their road and let them do it. Right, right. And it requires trust that they can. Um, and it, it really, we talk about the cart and the horse. In, in the old management paradigm, it was, I have to solve the problem. Uh -huh. In the leadership paradigm, you're facilitating a solution you're, and you're not, you're, you, you're letting go of the ego that says you've got to be the smartest person in the room. And again, that's hard. It requires yeah. trust, right? Yep. yep. As a leader, and this, this I think is phenomenal and a little bit stress relieving. You, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. Yes. You do have to be capable of facilitating a brainstorming, but frankly, it's not that hard. It's no. just, <laughs> it's a different uh, tool that yep. easily be cultivated. Um, but it definitely requires letting go of, what we've been taught, that the leader saves the day, that the leader is the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. um, no, a, truthfully, a leader plays for the team. Leadership isn't about us. It's about the team. No, I and team. That's, that's, that's a really good example of how you, you were there for the team. And I'm uh, sure the team came through. Absolutely. More than because they worked, they worked more collaboratively together, whereas in the past they would have been individual silos, not interacting as a group, whereas that group of six came up with a, an amazing result that actually fixed a couple of other issues along the way because of the collective nature of them, yeah, working together. And I, I think if what you're describing really is the way that a team plays. So you, in this case, were the coach, which is really the leader's role. Uh -huh. you, you're, you're not, as the coach, you're not you're not quarterbacking the ball. You're not running the ball. You're not receiving the ball. You're not mm -hmm. scoring, right? You're there 
to help the team reach for their potential. Um, and, and in a way, like if you look at high performing sports team, the coach is not the boss, the quarterback, right? The, the coach might call a play, but the quarterback can recall a play on the field in the moment. And really that just happens naturally. The team is watching what's happening and they're adjusting. They know their roles or essentially their knowledge space, yes. as you said. And, and so I, th I think it's really funny how we have all of these good examples of good leadership all around us, yet in corporate America, we, we operate in a silo. So somebody will go and escalate something to the manager. That manager will leave that person then behind and go try to deal with it and have a conversation with somebody else instead of pulling the manager, acting as the coach or the leader, and pulling those two people together yes. to brainstorm, to work together, to solve a problem. Um, and that, that's what you did. Like you pulled the team together and together you moved the ball down the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so I think as a, as a project manager, it is, as you said, giving up that um, ego driven, I need to solve this. No, you can be the leader and get the team or other knowledge holders to solve the problem, you know, if you're open to doing that. And I think it feels better. I, are you familiar with Daniel Pink? Yes, Daniel Pink. absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he talks about once you take money off the table, people are motivated by autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Mm -hmm. So the, the other thing, especially in today's economy, is I think that when somebody comes in and acts like a boss or a dictator or uses their authority, it's really demotivating to the team and you're going to lose people, right? So, and, and the hard thing about that is there's, there's two ways to lose people. They leave your organization, which is frankly the best way. But often, and more often, frankly, they quit and stay. Yep. They're just not engaged. That's right. They'll, they'll come to meetings. They'll do the bare minimum. Uh -huh. They won't engage. And it becomes toxic. Yep. Absolutely. And, and it's very hard to get them back from that space. And what I noticed was working with the teams as a team, like I've just described, there were more and more of them on board willing to go the extra mile than I've ever had on a project team before. Because they were engaged, they were motivated, they felt appreciated, they felt understood, they felt like they were worth something on the team. And, and that's huge. And it often doesn't happen on, on teams, right. from my own experience, from project management. As you'll notice, Jason talks about a number of the things that I've already spoken to you about in previous episodes. And that is about creating this whole team, getting everyone involved building trust with your team and ensuring that you lead the team as a group rather than be the one that believes that you need to have the answer and you need to solve everything. And I really, as I said before, really liked, and you've heard me talk about this many times, this approach to people first, then project uh, outcome. So Maybe it might be time to have a think about, do you leave people behind to solve a problem? Jason spoke about this. Uh, are you that sort of uh, leader that if there's a problem, you think you're the one that needs to head out to fix it, and so you leave the person that's brought the issue to your uh, awareness, you leave them behind and go on to try and solve the problem without that person or without a, a strong group of people around you? And also, have you got disengaged team members? Because this was another key aspect of this conversation for me with Jason about 
how in, uh, people on a team can very quickly become disengaged when they're, they're not feeling as if they're involved. And we've now seen how that comes about when we leave these people behind in order to go and solve the problem that we think it's our responsibility to solve. A few things to ponder in this week's episode, uh, and I hope that they are things that will bring you some insight into your own abilities to be a leader and perhaps some of the things that you might be doing differently that mean that you aren't really leading and that you are managing. And maybe it's time to be able to step back and make those small differences in the way that you operate so that you begin to lead your team as a true leader. Okay, remember to check out the FAQ answers on my YouTube channel. Subscribe to Project Management Insights on Twitter or follow me on Twitter. And you can always find new posts and information going up on my website, projectmanagementinsight.com. Enjoy your week in project management and I will talk to you again next week for another episode of Project Management Insights. Thank you for listening to this Project Management Insights podcast. Be sure to visit projectmanagementinsight.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter or to receive updates on upcoming training.